Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matovu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Freedom experience, experiencing Christ. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, and God bless you for tuning in once again. Uh, this is Freedom Experience, whereby we experience Christ in His Word as life, as light, grace, and reality for our enjoyment. This is the all-inclusive Christ we are bringing unto you. This is a wonderful series concerning the experience of Christ. I'm Pastor Dennis Matov, author from Kampala, Uganda. Freedom experience where we experience Christ. And we bring you this Christ so that we may share together what we have seen in this vision of Christ. We thank the Lord. We bless the Lord for this wonderful, wonderful a moment that we have with you please my request is that you may continue to follow share and all like our programs follow them and uh, share them on our website on our social media and the lord shall richly bless you in jesus mighty name thank you jesus for this wonderful opportunity once again we want to continue from wherever we stopped and uh, this is uh, an a long term it's a long time a teaching. It's a long term teaching whereby it's an, a series of teachings, meaning that if you are hearing this episode, you have got to be a person who has gone through the previous 11 episodes. Today is episode 12, and I know that wherever we have come from, you have received some good light, and you see that there is life in, and meaning in the scriptures that you do share in Jesus' mighty name. Today, we want to continue. Uh, from wherever we stopped yesterday, we are looking unto this uh, Christ as the portion of the saints. Christ as the portion of the saints. And uh, that's what we are uh, looking at yesterday in this series of experiencing Christ daily. And we quoted some good verses. Today, I, want to, I, will do, I will do a recap for you so that you know where we ended. Then we continue for today's portion because every day we have a portion of scriptures that we share so that we continue to see and get more light in the name of Jesus. Remember, our key scripture is in Colossians, and uh, the key book is in Colossians still. We are in chapter 1, verse 12 to 14, and that's where we are, and we want to continue in the name of Jesus. You see, the Bible says that uh, 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 Christ is as the portion of the saints. That's what Colossians 1, 12 was saying. Paul says that giving thanks to the Father, who qualified you for a share of the portion of the saints 
in the light. And as we said, the portion of the saints is the all-inclusive Christ as our enjoyment. And we yesterday saw the promised land, but we saw it briefly. So today I want to continue to take you deeper into this, the promised land. And we see that uh, there is um, no, promise, no promises we are given that involved uh, blessings uh, like in the Old Testament before Abraham. There is no any other good promise that was given that involved the blessings or the enjoyments before the call of Abraham, meaning that the blessing which is in Galatians 3.15, uh, that, that is the promise of the seed of the woman uh, uh, that who would crush the head of the serpent, you know about that. It was talking about Christ as the seed. And then this promise uh, did not involve any promise of a blessing or an enjoyment. It was what God was planning to do that will bring people into an enjoyment. Uh, you see? So, in chapter 4 of Genesis, throughout chapter 11, we said yesterday that Genesis has no record of any good promise of enjoying and uh, uh, the blessing of the Lord and also enjoying uh, God in his entirety. Only in chapter 12, we begin to see a promise of blessing and it is where it is first mentioned when God is calling Abraham. You see, as the as the chosen race, as the called out race. So in those times, Abraham was called out of the country where he, he lived and, and he had to leave his father's house. Then we see that um, the Lord, that's where the Lord mentions the land in Genesis chapter 12. He mentions the land as the promise, the promised land. So we may be familiar of the story of Abraham. Like for example, you may be understanding everything that is talking about Abraham in the book of Genesis and everything that is related to him but as we continue to read and study the scriptures we will discover that uh, God is calling of Abraham and the promise of the, the good land these things uh, were granted unto him and it's not something that is small. When we talk about the land uh, which is the promised land, which is the land of Canaan some of the people they, they have not seen the secret behind they have not read uh, to their uh, depth. But today and in our teachings, we keep on bringing to you the, the types in the Old Testament and the reality in the New Testament, who is Christ. And we have been saying that all the types and everything, all the shadows, when we come to the New Testament, they have been fulfilled by Christ. Christ is the reality. Everything is Christ and he is in all and he is all. That one we've been seeing. And we have seen that also in the Old Testament. There is no any other uh, all-inclusive type other than the land. We have many types in the Old Testament. The, the, the body, the, 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 the sacrifices that were given, the offerings, all other things that we see in the Old Testament. They are all part, 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 part figures, part types. Uh, but only the all-inclusive land, which is the promised land, is the all-inclusive type that can typify the all-inclusive Christ. That's why we tell you that Christ is our land, is our portion, just like Paul saw that vision. So today, yesterday we saw also that uh, uh, this land that was in the Old Testament is a good land, a land which flows with milk and honey. You see? But a few Christians pay a, a little attention to this. A lot of Christ, Christians, they pay a, a little attention to this. But today and yesterday, we, we were telling you that uh, God's creation of man is so important. He created man in his own image. 
after his likeness and with his dominion then we also saw another important thing is that the tree of life is also important in our teachings in our study than the rivers with the precious materials it is also important for us to know the the secrets behind these these uh, incidences in the bible in the in genesis there's also the bride built from, from adam's rib that is eve coming out of adam's rib and also we have in genesis the promise of the good land which we should begin to focus and put our attention on you see so god god is promised to abraham according to the scriptures it was in respect to the good land and uh, this is so important most people would say that maybe god had promised him isaac but i tell you isaac would not come if abraham had not received the first blessing the first promise of the land so when he he was when he went and reached into the land which is canaan then god was able to tell him don't worry anytime you shall get your isaac good thing i've shown you that you have the land which is the land of canaan you see so when paul is writing the epistles to the colossians then we see that he's speaking of the portion of the saints and uh, he's talking about is is talking in picture and in line with the picture of the allotment of the good land in the of the to the children of israel in the old testament and we also saw yesterday that the portion that is mentioned in colossians 1:12 is also another word that means the allotment or the lot which is um, that that allotment of the good land that the children of israel possessed as their portion so we see that this is how god gave the, cho- the, the chosen people the, the children of Israel, the good land for their inheritance and enjoyment. And this land meant everything to them. It meant everything to them. So today we want to see the seed and the land. The seed and the land. Still, we are still in the book of Genesis and uh, relating it to what we have seen so far in the book of Colossians. And when we see that the, to, uh, the promise to Abraham, to, rather the promise to Adam and Eve, in Genesis chapter 3 we say that it is the promise of the seed of the woman that's that's what that was the first promise in the bible whereby god promised adam and eve in genesis 3 15 that uh, is going to give them a seed and this seed is called the seed of the woman but when we come to genesis uh, 12 we see that uh, the promise god made to abraham was not only that of the seed but also that of the land remember uh, Abraham was promised a seed just like uh, Eve and Adam were promised a seed and sometimes people think that the seed God promises Abraham is Isaac no, Isaac was a figure and Christ is the reality of Isaac so when we trace through Genesis 12 uh, through Genesis 3 we come to 12 God again mentions a promise of a seed that which he had mentioned in, in the days of Adam and Eve and now he comes and tells Abraham, since now you have come into the land that I told you, I promise you a seed. Meaning that Abraham's promise uh, is not only the seed, but also that of the land. So the seed promised in Genesis 15. Uh, we shall read there for you to catch up with what we are talking about. Uh, Genesis 3.15 the Bible says that uh, when, when man had fallen, God is now uh, bringing out his plan he says in Genesis 3 15 and says that uh, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed 
you see so it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his and thou shalt bruise his seed now god was talking about um, the devil who was the serpent and he was promising adam and eve that i will bring you a seed which will crush the the devil and his seed so that's the first promise that we see in the bible when we come to genesis 12 we see god promising again abraham and this time he was promising him the land genesis 12 says um that's that's when god comes in again to promise genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 3 it says that now the lord had said unto abraham get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred from thy father's house unto a land that i will show thee so the first vision and the purpose of movement was to go into a land before he promises him a seed so he says and i will make thee a great nation once you reach in the land i will bless thee once you reach the land and i will make thy name great once you reach the land and thou shalt be a blessing and i bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed so that was the promise that um, god was promising abraham in genesis 12 and when the children of israel entered into the land of canaan they inherited only not only the seed but also the land they, that means that by the time the children of israel entered from egypt they were inheriting two things the seed and the land as we shall see i pray that you, the spirit of god opens your eyes uh, the eyes of your understanding so that you are able to see uh, this vision that i'm showing you by the grace of god and we may interpret the seed both as a person and also as a seed sown into soil you see it is for our good we can say that the seed is typifying a person because that is it and you can also say that the seed is that which is sown into soil so this means that christ is not only a descendant but also a seed sown into the land we have got to see christ as a seed sown into the land today i've got to, i've come to see that i open up your eyes so, to, so that you go deeper to see these things and why is it that they are mentioned in the bible christ is both the seed and also the land for our enjoyment so in colossians we have uh, we not only have christ as the seed but we also have christ as the land when we come back now to the book of colossians i'll read for you the the the, the, the verse in colossians chapter 2 verses verses 7 Colossians 2:7 You try to see uh something still Bible says in 2:7 of Colossians um okay let's begin verse 6 it says that as you have received uh therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk ye in him you see the word walk in him is like Christ is a land it says that rooted and built up in him now and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving here he says that Christ is both the seed and the land the seed to be sown so that we are rooted in him he is the seed the seed that gets the roots and we are rooted also in we are built up in him we are grounded in the ground 
with him. So he becomes a seed, uh, this Christ that we are having still as the land still. He is the soil and he is also the seed, as we shall see. So this indicates that he is the land, at the same time he is uh, the, the seed that we are talking about. You see? So, uh, come to Colossians chapter 3, verses 4. We see that when we come to Colossians, the one who is the land where we are rooted, grounded, established, built up, walking in. The Bible calls him again in Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. It says that when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. So we are told that Christ in um, in, uh, in, in this verse as that, that we have read is our life. Christ is our life and this indicates that he is also the seed. Because it is only the seed that carries life, that can be, that can propagate and multiply and increase. In Colossians 2:7, we have seen He is our land, where we are grounded, rooted. But in Colossians 3:4, He is our seed. Is our life as a seed? You see, He is also a seed of life in you and me that came into you the day you accepted Jesus Christ, and it is germinating in you so that it grows until. It increases to become a, a big tree of life in you. So um, we see that Colossians reveals that Christ is, is, is more as the land than as the seed. So you see, Christ has got levels. Your revelation uh, will now bring begins to become broader as you go into deeper, uh, deeper uh, teachings. You begin to see that the one who is a seed is now becoming more of the land. So. When you are reading the book of Colossians, we see that it's more talked of as a portion, as a land. Christ is our portion. Christ is our Lord. Christ is our everything. Just as the land in the Old Testament was all things to the children of Israel. You see? So the Lord has shown us this vision for us to enjoy. The land provided whatever the children of Israel needed. In the Old Testament, when they reached the land, they had to, to enjoy the milk there the honey, the water, the cattle, the grain, the minerals in the land, including copper and all other precious minerals that were in the land. So when Paul was writing the Epistle of Colossians, we see that he employed the very concept of the all-inclusive land in the, uh, uh, that was in the Old Testament, and he wanted the, these Colossians that were misled not to be taken by any other thing other than Christ who is the all-inclusive. So anything that is not Christ, even today, is related to the authority of darkness. That means when we acquire Christ, you accept Christ, then you should only pursue Christ because he's all and in all. He is everything to you. We should not accept any other thing outside him. Remember the Bible says in Joshua, that when Joshua chapter 5, that when they had entered the promised land, the manna from heaven ceased and they began to eat from the produce of the land. So that means that when they entered the land of Canaan, they seized, uh, they did not go out to get food so that they came in. Everything was included in that land. Just like today, we see ourselves as born again. You see, we are always enjoying Christ on a daily basis. Everything we need, we find in Christ. That's why it even tells us that if you 
need anything, ask my father. You shall receive it in my name. So he has got everything as long as we mention the name of Jesus by prayer, as long as we claim that which belongs to ours, we enjoy our inheritance. Hallelujah for that. So we should simply remain in the good land and not allow any foreign element to come in. Christ alone is our portion. Christ alone is our portion and we should accept only what is of him. If anything is not of Christ, then we should not accept. If any teaching is not of Christ, then we should not believe in it. So let us talk, go deeper even because at every level we want to see, when we come on, we want also to go more deeper so that you continue to get a broader vision. Now let us talk about, let us talk about um, the spirit being the good land. Because remember, when we talk about, when we talk so much of Christ, people say, as if these people, they don't know that there is a Holy Spirit. I will tell you, the Spirit himself is Christ himself. Christ himself, the resurrected Christ is the Spirit himself. The scripture are very clear. Very, very clear. Now let me show you by showing you the Spirit being the good land. We have seen that Christ is the good land. Then how can it be that the Spirit is the good land? Okay, okay. Let us begin with Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, verses uh, 14. Galatians 3. <clears throat> in verse 14, the Bible says, it begins by telling us in verse 14 that, uh, let us begin from verse 13. Uh, it says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangs on a tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, we want to talk about the Spirit being the promise, the Spirit being the good land. And we have quoted this verse because it, it joins us back to Abraham's blessing. Well, as it is talking about the New Testament promise. You see, I pray that you get more light as I'm explaining this for you in Jesus' mighty name. So we have seen that the, the Bible has mentioned that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So some Christian teachers believe that the blessing of Abraham refers to, to, to justification by faith. The teaching called justification by faith. But according to the context of Genesis 12 that we have read, we see that the blessing must refer to the good land. When God was calling Abraham, he did not promise him faith. Faith came, came in just chapters ahead when he was already uh, in the land. He has received the first blessing. Uh, which is the land. So, it talks about the good land in Genesis 12. It tells them, go into the land that I will show you. That was the vision. That was the, 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 the purpose, the major purpose. That was the first blessing that brought in uh, by faith. It brought in Isaac and the rest. So, the blessing God promised to give Abraham was the land. It was not just faith, justification by faith, righteousness. No, when he believed God, he was given justification, was justified, he was made righteous, but he was already in the land. You see? So we see that it is the land that is the blessing. You have got to first believe in that. And this blessing is what God gave him as 
as, as is the first promise before he gives him Isaac. So, uh, when we come to Galatians 3.14, we have seen that Paul is linking the blessing of Abraham to the promise of the Spirit. Let me read for you the verse for you to see. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The blessing of Abraham, that is all the way from the Old Testament in Genesis 12. But they talk about the Gentiles of the, the, the Jesus' days and after his, his ascension. We come in as the Gentiles, but we come in through Jesus Christ by believing in him. He says that, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Remember, for your information, when we go back to Genesis 12, verse 3 says that, And all the families and nations of the earth shall be blessed through you. Meaning that the Gentiles, the other people other than uh, for, uh, um, other other people other than the Israelites, that is the Gentile nations, including you, including me, we we are now entering into the blessing and the promise of Abraham. But we enter and receive that blessing through Jesus Christ, and we receive that promise, which is now the Spirit through faith. Because for us, we are not promised the land of Canaan. No. We have a, a reality of that land, which is what we are going to see today. Some Christian teachers believe that the blessing here is justification, but I've showed you it is not. It is the land. And for your information, this indicates that the promise of Abraham, the promise of the good land, is the spirit. You see, we have got to first know that doctrinally some things appear not relating. We cannot... Uh, marry them and they they, they they like they work together in and they relate but when we take scriptures experience experientially by experience then I tell you you begin to see that the Christ we are talking about as the promised land is the spirit as the land as I'm going to show you some scriptures so that you get to know more truth in Jesus mighty name so we have seen that the good land we are talking about is still the spirit you see therefore the spirit is the good land let us go back and read again galatians 3 14 before you go to other scriptures the bible has told us that the blessing of abraham might come on the gentiles but this blessing comes through jesus christ you first take him as your possession as your land then as you enjoy him he has turned into to become the pneumatic Christ, the spirit Christ after resurrection and says that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Now, I bring you now to John chapter 7 verses 39. Remember, in John, uh, Jesus calls people in the book of John and he says, whoever is thirsty, come and drink of the water that I give. Let me read for you John 7 from verses 30, 30, 37. Let us begin from verse 37. Uh, it says that, In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. You have got to first come unto Christ if you are to, 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 to drink um, the Spirit. 
just like you see Galatians 3.14. It is through Christ that you may come to the Spirit and receive him as a promise. It says that, uh, come and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Then verse 39 says, but this speck of he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So we receive another another important verse that we can um, relate with Galatians 3.14. We have seen that the verse here, it, means, it mentions that the Spirit was not yet, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And the Spirit we see in Galatians 3.14 and also in John 7.39 is the ultimate expression of the triune God. Remember, this is a process that ends into us receiving the triune God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit is a unique term which denotes the processed God. When we talk about the processed God, we are talking about this. The Father is the source. He's in heaven as the source or as the beginning of the process. It begins with the Father. The Father is the source. The Son of God, which is Jesus, who is Jesus Christ, is the cause. Is the cause that came from heaven and brought the Father on earth through incarnation. He was incarnated. He lived on earth. He was crucified. And on the third day, he was resurrected. Now, the process is here. The process, the process begins with incarnation, crucifixion, and resurrection. And we see that all uh, uh, these are all the aspects of the process that brings to us the processed God. The God was gone through processes. He was one time a spirit and he was now made flesh. Now he went through the process of crucifixion, resurrection, and now is in, in, in his resurrection. Now the process is complete. But when we say that the processed God, uh, the triune God is processed, is now called the Spirit. That's when the Bible separates the Holy Spirit and the Spirit. When the Bible says the Spirit, now they are talking about the, the processed God, the processed Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit living in you as the Spirit. So, and this Spirit is still the Holy Spirit which you know, the Holy Spirit whom you know, that is the one that is living in you. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, Jesus is in you as the Spirit. The Father is in you as the Spirit. So that is it. We see that in resurrection, Christ was, uh, as the last Adam, became the life-giving Spirit. I'll read for you a scripture. Because when we say that Christ is a Spirit, is the Spirit, people don't want to believe that. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, 15.45, 1 Corinthians 15.45 it says uh, talks about Christ being the it says that and it is written the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So who is the last Adam? Th that is Jesus Christ. The Bible says the last, the last Adam who is Christ was made a quickening spirit. The first man, Adam, is. When you read the previous verses, uh, like 45 as uh, 44, you begin to see where it comes from. But we have come first to verse 45, and it is written, The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, who is the last Adam? 
Jesus Christ. He's made a life-giving spirit or a quickening spirit. So, we see that Jesus Christ is the all-inclusive spirit, is the life-giving spirit rather. And according to John 1.14, we see that the word who was God became flesh. You see the process? The word was God, but the process began with God being the source, coming into incarnation as the word becoming flesh. And when we come to according 1 Corinthians 15.45, we see that the last Adam, who is Christ, became the life-giving spirit. Just like the word became flesh, just like God became flesh, it is, and Jesus Christ became the spirit. That is the process. It was still going on. From being the, the word which becomes flesh, then the process continues after resurrection, and the last Adam, Christ, becomes now the spirit. You see? I pray you see this in the name of Jesus. He becomes a life-giving spirit. The process is now ending unto the spirit, who is now the Holy Spirit, as you you say as you call him. So many Christian teachers, we see that they are arguing that the life-giving spirit is in this verse we are seeing in 1 Corinthians 15, 45. They see that they say that the life-giving spirit uh, is not the Holy Spirit. That's wrong. You cannot have two spirits in you because it's only one spirit that gives life. We cannot have two spirits that gives, give, give life. If Jesus is called the life-giving spirit, and yet we know that the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, is the one that gives life. Then we have got to know that when Christ was processed to become the resurrected Christ, the pneumatic Christ, the Spirit Christ who can now pass through the walls and disappear, then he was now the very Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. You will believe that. I told you sometime back that when the, the, the children or the disciples were in the close themselves in the room uh, because of the fear of the, the, the priests and the Pharisees outside. The Bible says and Jesus Christ appears unto them when he was resurrected. He amidst them, he tells them, fear not, it is I I am your Jesus. Then he tells them that he, 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 breathes, he breathes upon them and tells them that receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes from uh, on that day it came from Jesus' breath Jesus is breathing upon them. He tells them, receive the Holy Spirit. That's when they got saved. They received the Spirit. Because when you accept Christ after resurrection, they were now able to be saved. That's why when he appeared to them and they believed, he told them, receive the Holy Spirit. Because whoever believes, receives the Holy Spirit. Then he tells them, wait in the upper room. The promise is coming. And that's when Christ had to come back in full as the Holy Spirit and as the Spirit in us. This, this is a teaching you cannot do away with because this is the final reality. This is the final truth for our experience. So we see that the last Adam who is Christ uh, becomes the life-giving spirit and we have seen that uh, to believe this is to believe. Uh, when you say that I believe that there are two spirits, then you are saying that there are two spirits that can give life, which is not applicable. The Holy Spirit and the life-giving spirit, it is one spirit. The life-giving life spirit is not uh, any other thing is the very Holy Spirit who gives life. That means when Christ finished the process as to, to become the life-giving spirit, that's when he brought in another comforter who is like him. And when you go in John 14, he says that I will give you another comforter. He shall come and be with you. Then he comes to the, 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 the another verse in John 14. He says that I also come to you. 
how did Christ come back to us? He came back the day the hospital appears on the day of Pentecost. He also came back to them. So then now the triune God is living in us as the spirit subjectively. At the same time, objectively, he is in heaven, the father and the son in heaven. So these are mysteries that you have got to be seeing by the revelation and the grace that God provides. So the life-giving spirit is the very Holy Spirit the giver of life and this spirit is the ultimate consummation of the processed god that's the the, the end the, the consummation of the processed god the process of god ended, ends in the holy spirit ends in the spirit this spirit is nothing less than the all-inclusive christ if you are to understand and experience the word of god and you simulate you have got to see this as the deeper deeper revelation as the good land is the all-inclusive type of christ then also christ has become the spirit so that the spirit the all-inclusive spirit as the processed god is eventually the good land to us the new testament believers this is uh, is the fulfillment of god's promise to abraham that all the nations of the earth can now be blessed in abraham you see genesis chapter 12 Three, he promises that all the nations of the earth shall be blessed through you, through Abraham. That the question is, are we also going back to Israel to claim the land of Abraham? No. That means that the, the promise in Genesis 12:3 was now the reality we are seeing in the New Testament, whereby all believers possess the Holy Spirit as their all-inclusive land. Just like the Israel possessed their physical, all-inclusive land. We also possess the all-inclusive spirit, the all-inclusive Christ, who has turned to become the spirit. The spirit and, and the all-inclusive spirit. Shout hallelujah if you have seen some light. So, according to Galatians 3.14, we see that the promise of the spirit is mentioned that the promise is the promise of the spirit. Because we have read Galatians says that, that the promise of the Spirit should be given to those that believe by faith. So Galatians 3.16 comes to tell us. Uh, now let us come back to, we, we are in Galatians uh, 3.14. Now let us see 3.16. It says, uh, verses 16 says, hope you are there. It says that, um, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He says not and to seeds. Because Abraham had many seeds. You see? He had many, they are talking about seed as of many. They are not talking about seeds as of many, but as of, of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. Now, this verse is showing us that the seed is not Isaac. The seed is Christ. So, we are possessing Christ the seed and we are possessing Christ as the land. You see, when we possess the seed, we come to the all-inclusive land, which is now the spirit. These are the things you have got to see in your vision as you are studying the scriptures. We have seen that the seed is Christ. It is difficult to reconcile these verses when you take them doctrinally. Doctrinally, you, they will not apply. But if we see them experientially, we shall enjoy. One, on the one hand, we see that the spirit is the all-inclusive Christ. On the other hand, we see that the, the, this promise, uh, this spirit was given to Christ as the seed. The, pro, the, the promise of the spirit, this spirit was given to Christ as the seed. So 
Although this is difficult to explain doctrine, I have told you, it is, it is easy to understand according to experience. Why? Because when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we received him as the seed, as life. He entered us as a seed. He entered us into us as, a, as life. However, this seed is the all-inclusive, life-giving spirit. The spirit entered you the day you accepted Jesus Christ. So the reality of the good land is the Holy Spirit. And this means that uh, the very Christ, the very Christ whom we have received as the seed is the spirit typified by the good land. Christ came into us as the seed, but as we live by him, he becomes the land, which is our portion. That means that if you have Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. You cannot separate that. He is our promised land. He is the promise that God was promising Abraham. I told him, I'm giving you your seed. And your seed, we have seen according to Galatians 3, 16, the seed that was promised to Abraham is not Isaac. It's not the many, many children he had, the descendants. But the promise was only one, Jesus Christ. The Bible has showed it unto you clearly in Galatians 3, 16. Glory to God for that. Glory to God for that. You see, let me try to, to again to paraphrase what I've told you before we conclude by the grace of God. Now, our major, our major, our major word today and explanation has been uh, the seed and the land. And I've showed you uh, the seed in Genesis 15, 15, becoming the land in Genesis 12. Hallelujah. So, and we have seen also that the children of Israel entered into the land of Canaan. They inherited the seed and also the land. And we have also seen that um, uh, the, 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 the seed here is both a person and also the seed is also the seed which is sown into the soil. And we have said that uh, Christ is not only a descendant, but is also a seed which is sown into the land. That's what we have been clarifying for you. So Christ is both the seed and the land. You have got to take that if you are to enjoy and experience the scriptures. So we have seen that in Colossians 2.7, he is our land. We are rooted in him, built up in him, and we are grounded so that we may abound with thanksgiving. We are established in him. We walk in him as a land. So, uh, And here we see that um, Christ is the land. But also in Colossians 3.4, we have seen that Christ is uh, said to be our life. Is our life. That's what the Bible says. That means that is the seed of life. So is a seed, according to Colossians 3, 4, as our life, because seed, a seed has got life. You came out of your father's seed. You have life of your father. You see? So, and also he is the land where the seed is sown. So these things have got to be seen. Christ is our portion, our Lord, and our everything is the land is everything. Just as the promised land was everything to the children of Israel, Christ has become everything. But today, we have also gone deeper to show you that the Christ who is your promised land, whom you have possessed as a land, who is all-inclusive, has become the Spirit. And this means that the Spirit now is the good land. If you live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, move in the Spirit, you are enjoying the land. You're going to partake of everything that is in the land. Glory to God for that. So let me try to take you now deeper. Because I've showed you that uh, now the spirit that is mentioned in Galatians 3.14 has become the all-inclusive. 
is the very spirit in John 7:39 that was promised that was to come after Jesus' glorification. And I've told you that the Holy Spirit, which is now the Spirit, is the ultimate expression of the Triune God. If you want to understand God the Father, the Son, then you have got to know the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit is the unique term that is mentioned in the Bible. But whenever I find the Spirit, because in the scriptures, in the episodes, you always find the Holy Spirit and you also find the Spirit. And you also find the Spirit of Christ. And this is where people get confused. They say, what is the Spirit of Christ? What is the Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? What is the Spirit of God? They are separating them for you in those terms so that they show you that there was a process that brought God the Father uh, and the Son and the Holy Spirit to live in you as the all-inclusive Spirit. So, we see that uh, the, the, the Father is in heaven as the source where everything comes from. The Son came as a channel and uh, the Spirit comes in as a flow that we are having within us and we've, we are having it's a, just like I'll give you an example just like the electricity is in the in the the the, the dam where it comes from uh, in the river uh, where there is the dam but it, the, the the very electricity which is in the source the dam is in your house and you can put on the light the very electricity there is a, a flow from the dam to towards you for your experience so at the side of experience, you just put on the light by switching on. You experience the electricity, which is in the dam. Just like we experience the Father, which is in heaven, and we enjoy Him and experience Him in our spirit, in our life, in our day-to-day life. That is what we call the process to God. So, this is what we are bringing to you. Now, let me talk about something as we finish in these few minutes. That is, the Bible, remember, told us in Colossians 1, 13 and 14, that he delivered us from the authorities of darkness and transferred us into the all-inclusive Christ. I will show you now. We see that just as the good land was the portion of the children of Israel, so even as today, Christ is the portion of the saints. And we have pointed out that as Paul was composing Colossians 1.12, he had this in mind. The type of the land of Canaan was where he based uh, this uh, idea of writing uh, 12 and 13 of Colossians chapter 1. It says, it says that who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Now, this verse reminds us of the way the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt and transferred into the good land. You remember that process. They were in Egypt. God sends Moses. He delivers them and brings them into the good land. That there was a transfer. There was a deliverance from the from the land of bondage and a transfer to the good land. Now, this is what Paul had as a concept when he was writing First uh, Colossians chapter one verse thirteen. He says it is telling us that in the exodus from Egypt and in the entering into the good land there was a transfer and this is what Paul was revealing to us that what that which has happened unto the believers they have been transferred from the land of bondage from the, the authorities of darkness and translated into another kingdom of Jesus Christ you see so this verse reminds us of that way the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt and transferred into the good land you see so 
we glorify God for such a connection that Paul was bringing us into it. So we see that in ancient times, God delivered these, his people out of Egypt. You remember that story in Exodus and brought them into the good land. That is when uh, he used Joshua to take them inside. So even Jesus is our Joshua who brings us into himself as the good land. And when we enter him and possess him, then we possess the Holy Spirit. We possess the Spirit as the everything that is in the spiritual blessings that we find in Christ Jesus. So God the Father has done the same thing with the church today. He has delivered us out of the authority of darkness, which typifies Pharaoh and Egypt. And he has transferred us into the all-inclusive Christ, which typifies the good land. When you enter Jesus Christ, this is what happened. Just as the children of Israel were transferred out of Egypt into the land flowing with milk and honey and a land where there was no oppression, there was no tyranny, there was no affliction. So we have been also been transferred into a marvelous reign, into a marvelous uh, sphere. And this is the sphere called the kingdom of the son of God, the father's love. So therefore, for us to be qualified to have a share, just like the Bible told us in Colossians 1.12, that's when we are qualified for a share for the portion of the saints. And this is actually to enter into the good land. And this is what Paul was telling the Colossians, that you have entered your portion, begin to enjoy your portion. Don't look outside any other thing. Enjoy Christ as your portion. Glory to God. So you have got to see that until we have such a vision of experiencing the scriptures in their reality, you only read them as doctrine and mere letters. You will not get life out of them. But I believe that through this deep explanation, you have tried to get a picture. And you have now, now you can see that the scripture carry meaning. They carry life in them. They, they have got a meaning. There's a reason as why they are indicating the scriptures. If, if we cannot relate the New Testament to the Old Testament, then there is a contradiction. But we discover that in everything that is in the New Testament, there is a type, there is a figure, there is a shadow in the Old Testament. But we have got, someone has got to come with the eyes of understanding and marry the scriptures and relate the New Testament to the Old Testament until it is working out. Now, when I have explained like this, you are able to see now the meaning of the land and the Old Testament uh, promise and the meaning of what, what has been seen in Galatians and Colossians. We thank God for such a vision, for such a revelation that we have seen in the scriptures. And we know that we believe that you are also gaining something for your enjoyment. This is what we call experiencing Christ, taking him as your everything. He is your promise. He is your everything. Glory, glory, hallelujah. This is the Christ we are talking about. This is the Christ that we want you to take. And my prayer for you is you continue to see this vision. The spirit in you has become your all-inclusive promise, your all-inclusive land. That's why the Bible tells us we do our best to do it. To walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. We should walk in the spirit. You see? He tells us walk in the spirit because you have received him. Amen. So this is it. The Lord has showed us this vision and it is for us to enjoy. It is for us to see and take as a portion in the name of Jesus. My prayer for you is that you keep seeing such a vision. Remember, when we enter the good land, as the Bible has told us that we have entered the spirit, 
then that's when we begin to see some other verses that talk about walk in the spirit like in galatian when we come to galatian you see galatian 5:16 says that walk in the spirit they now begin to tell us to 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 walk in the spirit to live in the spirit that's when such scriptures begin to come in hallelujah so as i wind up i want you to see this in galatian 5:16 the bible talks about us to walk in the spirit paul is charging us to walk in the spirit that means that the spirit should be our realm the spirit should be our sphere the spirit is is the sphere way in which we walk Furthermore, we see that in Galatians 5, 25, uh, okay, let us read the verses so that you get to know. Some of you, I believe, you don't have Bibles around. I like to read for you. I'll take that time for our understanding. The Bible says in Galatians uh, 5, Galatians 5, 16, you know, it says in 16, This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh walk in the triune god walk in your in all inclusive land that you have received you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh remember in the desert these children of israel had not entered the promised land so the lusts of the flesh the desire of the food of egypt was always coming back to them they lusted unto the food of egypt they wanted to go back they were in their flesh that's why he had to take them through the desert so The Bible says if when you come to verses 16 it says that walk in the spirit that you may not fulfill the desires of your flesh. Now, see chapter 5 verse 25. In verse 25 it says that if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. It says that if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And this indicates that the spirit is our good land where we are walking. Christ is revealed in the New Testament especially in the book of Colossians is the all inclusive land and this land is Christ as the all inclusive spirit hallelujah we have received a share in such a portion god bless you this is pastor Dennis Mato of Odai from Kampala Uganda freedom experience ministry experience in Christ you can visit us on our website on freedomexperienceministry.org You can find us on Facebook Freedom Experience Ministry. Also listen to our radio Freedom Experience Radio. In Jesus mighty name the Lord shall always bless you. My request is that you continue to share. Continue to share and invite more people on our radio, on our platforms, on our website. God is going to reward you abundantly. And another request is that if you feel like you want to be a partner of our ministry, a supporter, a donor, a, a, a donor, you can you can do it. God bless you. Visit our website, click the donation button, give, then the Lord shall bless you in Jesus mighty name. I pray for those that are supporting us in all ways. In Jesus mighty name. Those that are sharing, those that are liking, downloading, you can even download our, our teachings. They are free. They are free. The moment you follow us, and then you always download them. In Jesus mighty name. God bless you. Bye bye. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on +256 703 89 0009. Be blessed. Experience.
experience the mystery of the Word, the redemptive power of revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ. 